So the topic for today is, Lord, cover me in the day of battle. Lord, cover me in the day of battle. Now that may bring up some quick pictures into your head of fights and rough times and, uh, or something like this. That's usually what I think of. When I think of battle, my mind goes to like ancient warfare and fighting and all those types of things. But it is a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. <clears throat> and where this idea comes from is Psalm 140. Psalm 140. I know it's a lot, but we're going to read Psalm 140 here. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adders, uh, poison is under their lips. Salah, which just means considerate. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me, which is again like traps. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Salah. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. The strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. And this is David. And if you're not familiar with King David, he was chased for years by Saul in like, not a constant state of battle, but a, a battle could be coming any time for him. Against enemies without the country, enemies within the country, Sometimes it was sabotage from within. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a rough time. And yet he had the testimony here. The Lord hath covered my head in the day of battle. In the midst of all those things. Of slanderous people. Of people actually who were trying for violence. Actual physical violence. For those that were just trying to make him stumble and look bad in front of everybody. All those things that are talking about in this verse, in this chapter, he's saying, the Lord has covered me. So he's saying all of those things are battle. You know, not just the warfare of people coming to stab you, but even the people who are setting traps, trying to um, stop your, stop God's plans, 
the plans for your life. Even the job that you're called to do, many times there's people in your workplace who have you ever heard, or you've probably seen it, if you've worked for any time in your life, there's people who have it out for you. For some reason, they just don't like you. And it's like, wow, you get blamed for everything by that one person. And that's just another battle. And the Lord can cover our heads in the midst of all of that, giving us protection over our minds to walk in confidence, to walk in joy in the midst of a lot of trouble. That doesn't mean heartaches don't come. I mean, battle is battle. I mean, if you look at what actual battles like, you know, you twist ankles, you get thirsty, there's plenty of hardship. But I once saw uh, there were two Navy SEALs and a reporter was asking them questions and they had to go into battle. They were going into battle that next day and the reporter asked, are you nervous? You know, you know you're going into the worst part of the thing. And those two guys looked like they were going into a football game. They looked at, they looked at her with like a big smile on their face and, like, and, and said these words. They're like, we don't train to sit on the bench. We're going in. You know, they were, they were ready. They were prepared. They knew what could happen, but they're ready to go. They were ready for the day of battle. What confidence they exuded. And those guys know fighting. I heard another, another Navy SEAL say that during his time in the Navy SEALs, there almost wasn't a day that he wasn't like killing somebody, that he wasn't in a fight, which is, that's rough. That is, that's a rough life. That's why a lot of people who have to fight and that have to like, when they get done, they spend a lot of time trying to come back to normal, to live at a normal level. But then there's times of rest that the Lord takes us through, but we're talking about this topic today. Lord, cover me in the day of battle. So it's clear that we are soldiers. We are soldiers, we're called. Now, there's lots of things we are as Christians. Lots of things. I mean, we're uh, children of God. We're servants. We're subjects. But also a major role that we play is we are all soldiers. All of us. So yes, we're part of a family. Yes, God's our father. But he's also the general, which back then was called the king. He was the head of the whole thing. And if you caught Psalm 140 like I did, right? There are plenty of enemies. We've got lots of fighting to do. So let's take a look. Will you go to the next slide, please? <clears throat> what exactly do we fight against? Okay, what exactly do we fight against? Well, first of all, spiritual enemies. When it speaks in Ephesians 6, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and powers and you know, evil forces and works of darkness. And there's, there's plenty of things. And if you've been seeking to follow God and go to church and do all those types of things, guess what? The enemy will come and there'll be times when you're, when you're under attack. Everyone here, if you've had kids, you've had the Sunday morning fight of getting everybody ready and out the door to actually get to church. You know, you're ready to strangle a little kid. Get ready now where we can go to church and love, learn about the love of Jesus. Right? That's <laughs> a Christian comedian once said that. It's like, wow, it's so true. So true. Right? It's, it's a battle. It's a, it's a fight. And the enemy tries to orchestrate some of these things to try to stop us. So it is true that we fight against spiritual powers and in high places and sometimes over nations. And it could be like in the workplace. There's lots of different ways that the enemy can seek to, to fight us. But, you know, do we fight them every moment? I mean, no. You got to think. As you're sitting in church, there are times that sometimes even in church you have a battle. <clears throat> but there's plenty of times that the enemy is going after someone else. Um, let's take a look at another one. You click the button there again. We fight against growing cold. We fight against growing cold. It says in Matthew 24, verses 12 and 13, and because iniquity shall abound, so because evil shall abound, the love of many shall become cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. How about I, I read it as if we were soldiers, okay? Because sin and wickedness is all over the place. The caring of many shall just like start to go off. They'll start to go down. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be victorious. If we take this from a, a soldier's point of view as we are, I mean, as you fight, you could start. There, there's people out there that are just like bloodlust, like get out there and just kill them all. And that's, as a soldier, that's not how you're to behave either. You have to be under control all the time. But as you see in different wars, there's plenty of soldiers that get in trouble for that very thing. <clears throat> and we have to guard our hearts. We have to fight against our hearts becoming cold. If I were to set a hot cup of coffee or tea or whatever hot beverage you enjoy right up here, What's it take for that a drink to start losing its heat? What's it take? Hmm. Nothing. Nothing. <clears throat> Even in space, it's going to grow cold. The only way it would stay hot is if you increase the temperature high enough to keep it at the level that it is. It has to have some sort of force to heat it back up. So getting cold is very easy. It just happens. It just happens. Walking here on earth, day-to-day -day living, cooling off just happens. 
and you have to tend to it. You have to seek to meet with the Lord for him to turn up the fire once again of, of wanting to love him and to, and to make sure that you're on church on time and reading in his word and speaking. It's, it's, it's a fight. It's a fight. Because <clears throat> it's very, very easy to cool down. <clears throat> Especially when things get bad. And they continue to be bad. It's amazing. God gives us free will. And so that allows for things like evil to happen. And if lots of people are choosing wrong, it's all over the place. If the person in charge is an evil person, you'll see wickedness everywhere. And it's easy just to say, Lord, come and just burn everybody. It's all bad. Just destroy it all. When there are missions to accomplish. There are missions to accomplish. And it's not just burn them all. It's how many you can save. <clears throat> so we fight against growing cold. Let's go one more. The real battle. This one's all the time. When you're, you know, when you're in the heat, the cup stays warm, right? There's times where you don't have to worry so much. You're on fire. You are hot. You know, they're not serving you the coffee at drinkable temperature. It's hot, and it's hot for a while. And the same thing, you know, yes, we have spiritual enemies and people at work that give us a hard time, but you go home, and sometimes there's enemies that are in your house, but you go for a walk, and you're away from the enemy. I mean, it's, you get these reprieves, but you are never away from yourself. You are never, ever away from yourself. This is the fight that is daily, moment by moment, second by second, our battle. And the New Testament is clear about this. Let's take a look at Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, which is what after there means. We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not flesh and blood, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Where's the battle? Is it really we're killing the enemy? It's like fighting the enemy in us. The thoughts of like pride and being, I want to do what I want to do. <clears throat> There's our own imaginations, what we think things are. You, know, you, ever, you ever get a text from somebody and your imagination runs immediately? Why do they hate me? They're always out to get me. And the person is just given a simple text and you read everything into it. Your own imaginations. You're fighting against your own imaginations. Oh, Lord, I'm going to think the best. I'll talk with them first. I'm not going to, but, but there were exclamation points, but there were caps. That means they were yelling at me. You know how long I didn't know that that's what that meant? Come on. <laughs> we fight against those things. We really do. 1 Peter 2, 11. 
Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. So basically, as we're a part of God's family and we're walking around this earth, you know, in like a strange land, because our home is heaven. So as we're walking around this earth as a temporary place, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. James 4.1 From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not, <laughs> trying to bring it to everyday language, instead of using henses and things like that. When or where do the wars come from and the fighting among you? Do they not come even from your lusts that war in your own body, in your own members, in your own person. That's where the war comes from all the time. <clears throat> when it's an external enemy, you can focus on it, you can fight it. When you recognize that it's an enemy setting a trap for you, it's out. You know how hard it is to always catch it when it's in you? Sometimes you think you're perfectly in the right all the time, and then finally something happens and you're like, wow, I was wrong that whole time. You ever learn a new way of doing something and find that it saves you loads of time? Because you put the whole time, the, all the rest of your life, you thought, I was doing it the best way. And you didn't want to learn other stuff. No, this is the best way. I'm used to this. This is exactly how it's going to go. This is, this is the fastest for me. But you're unwilling to try something new. <clears throat> we did... Uh, Pastor Jason and I, we did a Ninja Warrior course, right? And when you're the first one up, you're trying everything the best that you think. Like you've tried everything, you go through, and you're, you're going through, and you think that you have the best way to go through all these courses and obstacles and everything like that. And then you sit there and you watch other people go, and you're like, oh, I wish I didn't like that. Oh, man, I wish, wow, that would have saved me a lot of time. To, I wouldn't have been, oh, Wow. That would have been a lot less difficult if I had done it that way. <clears throat> and we're constantly battling against those types of things. I know best. My way is great. You know, all sorts of things. The battle is inside. <clears throat> and these fleshly lusts are outlined in several places in Scripture. And we can say lots of them. In Galatians 5.19, it lists a lot of them. Okay? Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. So evil speak that comes out of your mouth. Bad words. Evil thoughts. I mean, that's, there's a lot wrapped into that uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Uh, idolatry. I'm not going to explain them all. It's just, let's just say this encompasses a lot of things. Idolatry. Putting things above God. Witchcraft. Hatred. You know how many times witchcraft sneaks in there? You know, you watch, uh, there's so, so many kids love Harry Potter. And it is witchcraft. I mean, it is, it is totally like spell casting the whole, the whole thing. They say, oh, it's just a kid's thing. It's just a kid's thing. It's just make-believe. It's just that. And you're like, uh, no, I have to dislike it because God hates it. 
hatred, variance, you know, being one of those people that are hot and cold, you can snap at the, at the drop of a hat. You've got to watch real careful around them. <clears throat> Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, partying hard. That's revelings. You know, and the such like, of which I tell you before. See, it's lots of places in Scripture. As I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It says in other places, things that the Lord hates. Things that, this is the stuff that is within us that causes us to fight all the time. We have to fight against those. We have to bring them under subjection. Some things inside of us are like enemies and we have to kill them. They have to be cut off. <clears throat> so when is the day of battle? Will you? Every day is the day of battle. Every morning we have to go to God and be like, Lord, cover me today. Every day. Do you want to know when the time where David actually fell? It wasn't in the physical battles. He always was asking the Lord in the beginning, Lord, how should I fight? Lord, cover me. Lord, protect me. Victory is in your, is in your hands. He was looking for the battle plan. Not in those. It was one day that he decided in 2 Samuel chapter 11, he sent everyone else off to war. And instead it says, he tarried home. Now, when you look at that, you think, oh, he just decided to be home. No, he was supposed to be there. Tarrying is like dragging your feet. It's like, no, I wasn't. You know when some of the most difficult times when we fall? It's when it's like we're supposed to be doing something, but we decide not today. And wow, we get hit. We wonder why it was such a struggle X, Y, Z after that. Well, I shouldn't have been in that place. I shouldn't have been doing that at that time. I should have been there. And that's where my protection was. That's where my covering was. And it's a big deal. Every day is the day of battle, even when we're on vacation. Lord, just please cover me today so I don't end up in a place where I'm not supposed to be. <clears throat> hey, every day. And there's things that come in that make difficult battles more difficult that just come. You know, there's discouragements, worries, things like that. And you know, a lot of those come in from ourselves again. They come from inside and we have to fight our own anxieties, our own fears in order to win the battle. <clears throat> Imagine this, there's a lot on your plate. You've got so many things to do. Boom, 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 boom. Lots of stuff. Right? And you're working as hard as you can to get it all done. And what happens? Your temperament goes like this. That's it. Nobody in my bubble. You're short with everybody. You're having difficulty. But you know what? It says this in Scripture. Hey, Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. But safety, but if you look up that word, but victory is of the Lord. How much you're going to accomplish that day is in the Lord's hands. 
and you have to leave it there. Now, it's our job. We prepare. I mean, we have to work and go from one thing to another and, and, and do what we're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, if you've done your part, you can rest assured that what was supposed to got done got done. You can only do so much. I know I've had... There's days that I'm working on a shed in my backyard. I want it done. I want it done as fast as I humanly can get it done. So there's days that I'm working like sun up and sun down and no one better get in my way. And you know what? Through the project, I had to start doing stuff like, you know what? Stuff is coming up and it's stopping me. My wife reminds me all the time. We don't set a time frame. Hey, there's a goal. I have a goal of when I want stuff done. But I have to be careful because guess what? I'm not in control of when the, when the thing actually gets totally complete. You know how many things can come up? How many things are more important than getting a shed done? Than having a room clean? Than having your, your, your car in perfect condition? There's so many things that are more important than those things. And you have to remember, this is just a battle. I'm preparing. I'm doing what I can. But how much anxiety would go out of your life if you thought of it like that? Where do wars and battles and all these things come from? From inside. They come from inside. And our perfect example is Jesus Christ. Perfect example is Jesus Christ. Where was he flustered or worried or anxious? Now, he had great difficulty before he went to the cross because he knew exactly what was going to happen. He was going to have to take the sins of the world. Many people say, oh, there's a lot worse than being on the cross. You are right. You are right. Someone can die on the cross, but what about these people who are tortured for years in prison? What about people who have like all their flesh burnt off of them and then live for like weeks in pain and skin grafts and everything? Is, is there worse stuff? Yes. Is the cross bet? You bet. But you know what Jesus Christ did? He took every sin and pain and disgusting thing from all of us in himself on that cross. So when someone says, oh, there was worse stuff than what Jesus went through, there is not. He took all of those things, all of those other pains, all those other sorrows, all the wicked things you can think of, and he took them on himself to take that punishment from God. That's what was the worst. That's what there is no other pain someone could go worse than, could have worse than what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Because he was hanging there, not just in pain and sorrow, from the cross, which is bad. Scourging, he was on the verge of death. All those things. But then took far far more than you and I could ever take, ever take, so that you and I can have freedom. <clears throat> so now how do we win? This is, this is the big thing. It comes all down to this. There's lots of all this stuff so that everyone's paying attention for this point, right? Everyone wants to know, what do we do? <clears throat> because as you see it and I see it, there's loads of junk in me there's lots of stuff out there. There's enemies setting traps. There's, you know, the stuff that's in me. There's all, well, I got to fight every day. What do I do? 
Here it is. Will you click the button here? <clears throat> now, there's a lot in Scripture. There's a lot in Scripture. There's so many different things that you could say, that you could have in your mind. Follow Jesus, all these types of things. I'm going to boil it down to this one topic in three things. And if you do these three things, you're going to accomplish most everything else. Okay? So, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That's talking about food and clothing and the things that you're worried about. And, and it talks, it's, if, you, if you read around that verse, it's more than just food and clothes. It's like the little things of the day. They're all wrapped up into there. <clears throat> and, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, now that sounds like a great thing. And every one of you and me could have something different in mind if I said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Someone's thinking right now is, I've got to pray. I should pray more. I should be reading my Bible. All those types of things. Right? You could have a list that's 20 things long, probably 100 things long, based off of this idea. So what does this mean? Will you go to the next one? Three things. Here it is. One, you have to be part of God's army first. There is no other way to win. If you are going to seek first the kingdom of God, means you have to be in the family. You have to be in his army. And the only way to do that is to surrender to him. You have to join. You have to ask the Lord, Lord, I give up to you. Cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. Let me be part of your army. Let me be part of your family. I'll be your servant. I'll go through boot camp. Right? That's it. <clears throat> you know what? A general doesn't want all of his soldiers to die. He wants every one of them to live. And he's only going to put you in the places where he knows you're going to fit the best. New recruits, they don't just send them to the worst part. They train them. They get them into a little bit of battle. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on the front lines. That, it, it takes a little bit. It's not like... Uh, that's what the Russians did, which was the worst. That's why loads of people died. They just gave people guns and just threw them at the enemy. Well, go, or we'll kill you. It worked, but they lost most of the people in their country. Not good. Let's look at number two. That's in 2 Timothy 2.4. 2 Timothy 2.4. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Look at the backpack. Go back to that picture. Look at the size of that backpack on that soldier. Is he going to fight well? I think he's taking a little too much. If you're going to be a good soldier, you're going to have to pare down. Pare down. That means you can't do everything. <clears throat> so what does this mean for us? It means we have to continually be taking 
stock. We have to be checking in with God. Lord, am I taking too much? Lord, am I not doing enough? Lord, what extra baggage do I have? Lord, please cleanse me of my sins today. There's many extra things that we get put on top of us and in us. Am I offended because of someone else? And we take that on and it ends up in our hearts. Lord, am I getting too close to alcohol? To, am I getting too close to drugs? Am I getting too close to wrong people? Am I starting to pull in and bring stuff that's not right into my life? You know what a soldier does? They focus. Those two Navy SEALs, they looked like they were cut down to just what they needed. And that's exactly what boot camp does. Is it like strips you down to you know exactly, well, that's really all I need? It's funny. Sometimes we have to think back when we didn't have a lot to know we don't need a lot to get by. I didn't need to eat out as much as I do now. <clears throat> I really didn't need as much in my house as I have now. I had a lot less, and you know what? I survived. Now, God blesses, and that's a wonderful thing, right? But we have to constantly be checking. Here's one. I felt like I was getting too much into YouTube. And so over the last three days, no YouTube. And I may even go a few more days with no YouTube, just to make sure. I was starting to check it too much for all sorts of different things, and stuff pops up. I'm like, okay, I'm away from this. So I might be checking the news or something like that on my phone, but I'm not on YouTube for a while because I felt I was getting too much. It was just, it was just too much, whatever. Maybe that's a certain book. Maybe you're into a series and you're reading it all the time and it's consuming you like you want to read it 24 hours a day to get it done. You know what? I think you might get entangled in something. Maybe it's a certain type of music that's not very godly. It's like on the edge. Watch out. A certain show on TV. You find yourself always singing Disney tunes. Maybe you've been watching a little too many Disney shows. Right? I mean, that's how we tell. We have to check. So you, you have to stop and consider. To win the battles, you have to stop and consider, am I bringing too much on myself? Is the next battle going to be the stick that's put on me and I can't hold my legs up anymore because I'm carrying so much on my back? Can I not go forward because I'm dragging a house? Okay? That's a constant check. Last one. Look up. <clears throat> Look up. Colossians 3.2. Colossians 3.2. Actually, let's go 1 and 2. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're on his side, if you're in his army, if you're in his family, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection, your desires on things above, not on the things of the earth. Now, does that mean that we go around speaking like it does in the Bible? Hath thou done well? You know, <clears throat> That we want to speak in King James speak so that everyone knows that this is happening. Or we pound people with a gospel. 
and just hammer them into the ground. I've won plenty of arguments with people and felt like I lost because that person, nothing went into that person's heart. Okay, we have to be careful about being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. But that's not the tendency. That's the rarity. The tendency is to go the other way. And reading our Bible takes, you know what? We stop thanking the Lord. Here's an easy way to see if you're going cold. Ready? One, you only go to God when you're in trouble. You're only going to God when you're in trouble. Actually, I kind of made a little list here. <clears throat> Number two, you're only praying what God can do for me. Lord, help me today. Lord, do this today. Lord, I'm having trouble with this. And that's your focus. It's always centered around you. Number three, you add exceptions to obedience. Dolores says something like, don't use your cell phone in the bathroom. Do you know the Lord could say something like that? <clears throat> I don't want you to have a fish tank. You know, these are things, these are weird, but they're things that could be said to you. You know, I don't want you going to that channel on television. I don't want you watching this news channel. Such simple things. I don't want you to put your stinky shoes in your brother's room anymore. And then you twist it. I had no time. There was nothing else good on. Maybe the Lord said, don't go to Channel 10 anymore. You're like, but it's gospel hour. Right? There's plenty of excuses. We twist things in order to do it, and then we find ourselves. And if you find yourself doing that, look up. That's the whole thing about this verse. We should be constantly checking. Lord, were you happy with the job I did? Yes, in the morning we're praying, Lord, cover me. Lord, am I carrying more than I should? Yes. But we should constantly be looking up. And if we're constantly looking up, if we're constantly checking with the Lord, Lord, how am I doing? Lord, thank you for what you just did. Thank you for finding the 10 cents on the ground. It's 10 cents. Hey, it's 10 cents I didn't have a moment ago. Right? Lord, thank you for being able to help open that door for a person. Lord, thank you for that difficult day I just had. Wow, that's a rough one. Because you know why? If you're living for God, even that difficult day had a reason. And it did something in you if you can turn around and the Lord thank for it. <clears throat> it's something that we forget. It's easy to like let it slide and you stop to check in with the Lord. But that's, so these three things cause us to seek the kingdom first. These three things cause us to seek the kingdom first. We're doing that if we're doing these three things. And not only that, I want to say this. If we're doing these three things, we're doing a lot more than these three things. Are we developing peace, joy, a relationship with the Lord? Are we becoming like him? If we're checking in with him all the time and saying, oh, are you happy with that? Are you not? Lord, take away, you know, cover me today that I don't fall into sin or that I don't get it. You know, 
I don't let something stupid inside of me come out. You know, making sure, Lord, am I being a good soldier? You know, am I keeping one foot out of the camp and one foot in the camp? If we're doing these three things, think of how much else. Are you going to be doing the commandments? Yes. Are you going to be loving your neighbor? Yeah. If I'm checking with the Lord after I have a big conversation with somebody, Lord, how did I do? You know what you're going to hear? You better go ask for forgiveness. There's been times I thought I lost and just did a horrible job. And I, and I felt bad for like hours. And then finally, at the end of the day, I went, Lord, how'd I do? And he said, two thumbs up. I was like, what? Two thumbs up? Lord, you're going to have to show me this. And then he replayed the things that I said in response to the person. It was like it came right back to my head. It's like, Lord, that was pretty amazing. I was feeling like I was losing all the time, all day. And yet you gave me the perfect answers. And yet my brain didn't even see it. Sometimes failure was actually a victory. And sometimes victory was a failure. And the only way we know is if we check with God. And that builds in us a dependency on him, a love for him, a closeness to him. We start to become his friend. These three things allow us to seek the kingdom first, allow us to win the battle. Help us to move in these. Th now, there's lots of other things, and the Lord can speak this through you through different ways. Because there's other ways to say it. I just tried to boil it down to three things. Three things that will help us to gain the victory and to fulfill lots of other things. It's the same way, you know, if you're always seeking to love your neighbor and God, you're going to be filling the rest of the commandments and all these types of things. Well, here's three things that you can write down and it reminds you of like how to do the love your neighbor and love God so that you can fulfill those two commandments and help fulfill all the other things. You know, make sure that you're in the family, that you're actually keeping both feet in the house, in the camp. Number two, Lord, check me. Am I getting entangled? Am I carrying too much? Am I doing this type of stuff? Lord, search me. Check my heart. Check my life. Check my closet. And number three, looking up. Constantly thinking of, Lord, how am I doing? Lord, how is that? Lord, what's this? And it's amazing, through those three things, how many other things you'll be fulfilling. I don't want to go to class today. Lord, how am I doing? Right? What are you going to do? <clears throat> it's easy to grow cold. It's easy to become lax on doing any one of those three things. But as we remind ourselves of those three things, you're becoming a good soldier. You're becoming a good soldier because you'll be winning the battles. Now, there's times where in a battle, you kind of like go one way and then all of a sudden, you're like, Lord, I need some help. And then, you know, you come back and there'll be days that the battle doesn't go your way because you did, you, you weren't checking in. You weren't looking for the orders. You weren't seeing what the general sees. But you know what? If you learn and you check in, you ask forgiveness and you're sticking close and you're hitting to those three things, you're going to be moving in the right direction to have victory the next time. Okay?
Let's pray. Lord, keep us covered in the day of battle. Lord, keep us covered in the day of battle and keep us strong to follow you and not grow cold. In Jesus' name, amen.